Hi folks, this is Daphne Damaris and I'm coming to you from my happy place in Maine. Um, one of the ways that I am choosing to thrive during this season is to get out of my apartment. I've been working from home since the middle of March and I just got really tired of that little apartment that I was living in and so I decided to pack up my car and drive to Maine. Um, and so when John reached out to me to ask me if I would be willing to participate in this series on how to thrive during the pandemic, I said, absolutely. I've been talking to all my clients about it. And um, so I immediately started to pray so that I would know God's heart for you and for what he wanted me to say. And first and foremost, God means this for our good. And that's our passage today is James 1, verse 2 through 4. And it says, Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. We are in unprecedented, yes, even unsettling times, having never experienced anything like this in our lifetimes. <coughs> Excuse me. This is something that can feel like it's looming just out of reach, just over our head. And it may feel scary and threatening. Uh, we may have unanswered questions like, what, what is really going on? Are, are we uh, hearing correct information? Uh, what is going to happen? How will all of this impact my life and, how, and for how long? How can I keep myself safe? How can I keep my loved ones safe, among others? And certainly, those are all important questions. But I think the more important questions are, what is God doing? What does he want me and you to do in the midst of this? What are we to learn? How are we to respond? And rather than let our emotions run away with us, perhaps giving into fear instead of leaning on our faith, now would be a good time to examine what we believe, what we believe about hard things that happen to us, and also to take a look at how we're living into and out of our faith and just determine or resolve to intentionally live the way that God is calling us to. So there's a few things I wanna take a look at that I think can help us to thrive instead of merely survive in this pandemic. Number one, how we think about things and how we respond can either keep us stuck in a place of pain, confusion, irritation, or fear, or allow us to move forward in healthy, mature, and God-honoring ways. So the first thing we need to do is we need to dispel the myths that God never gives us more than we can handle and he never gives us hardships because scripturally, that's absolutely not true. In fact, Isaiah 30, 20 tells us that God himself gives us the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. These things are not punishments, they're trials, tests, or challenges meant to expose what we believe. They're meant to expose sin patterns or wounds we would maybe not otherwise be willing to deal with because it's our discomfort, our pain, 
in the midst of these circumstances that could drive us to deal with issues in such a way as to be released from idolatry that holds us back. And then we can grow and flourish the way that we're meant to. When we look at some of the folks that we're told about in the Bible who experienced circumstances that were far beyond their human ability to cope with and to make sense of at first, let alone thrive under, Joseph, for example, he had been sold into slavery by his brothers, but God had a long range view and had ordained miraculous things to come out of that set of events. Because of God's favor and plan and Joseph's faith, Joseph became a wise, powerful, and influential man. By the end of that passage in the Bible, Joseph himself was saying to his brothers that what the enemy meant for evil, the Lord can and will always bring good out of. That's in Genesis chapter 50. An early writer, Hannah Whitehall Smith, puts it this way. Isn't it glorious to know that no matter how unjust something may be, even when it seems to have come from Satan himself, by the time it reaches us, it is God's will for us and will ultimately work for our good. And I would add, it doesn't just work for my good, it works for good of all of those who I might have contact with because what I learn I get to share. So if God either ordains hard things or allows them, how can we look at this pandemic in such a way that we do not respond in fear, irritation, or confusion? If we really believe that God is in control no matter what it looks and feels like, and if we really believe that God works all things to the good, not just some things, but all, would we respond differently? So in addition to dispelling some myths, and in order to respond differently, perhaps we need to deal with a lack of belief or a lack of faith. Romans 12.3 says that God, by grace, has given, he has assigned to each of us a measure of faith. And don't you think that God knows exactly how much faith each of us will need and therefore has given us the exact right amount? But just like we've been given muscles, for example, faith in order to be developed and strong needs to be exercised, tested, tried. Do you think you've exercised and developed the measure of faith that you've been given? Look, unless you let faith do its perfecting work, how would you have the resources to face a challenge like the one that we're in right now with peace and joy, or at least most of the time, rather than in ways that don't bring or show God's power and glory? I mean, yes, we're all human, and we have moments when we feel isolated, uncertain, or even a little fearful. But that ought to be just moments. And God would want to have built himself in us to such a degree that we are trusting and hopeful. And yes, even joyful. Personally, I'm grateful for the faith that God has drawn, um, grown in me over the 30 years that I've been following him. I've gone through a lot of challenging things, as I imagine most of you have too. I have gone through the deaths of both of my parents, seven moves, graduate school, open heart surgery, and a hysterectomy, not to mention other heartbreaks and tests that I thought might break me at times, times when my belief was challenged mightily. But at the end of the day, I realized 
who else do I have? And where else can I go if not God, if not to God? All along, I was, I can't say I was, but I became more and more determined to stand up to the enemy and not let him get any more glory than he's already gotten from the hard things in my life. Throughout my life, that resolve grew and grew and grew, and faith and belief became more and more substantial. Now, we're human beings, but even Jesus was tested on this, right? I mean, let's look at that unprecedented time in his life, the days leading up to his crucifixion. We all know that a series of events took place that ended up with Jesus being under Pontius Pilate's hand. In terms of how the world saw this, Jesus was powerless and the enemy appeared to be winning. Maybe that's how some of us feel right now, powerless and at the mercy of the enemy. But God knew what was being enacted and what the outcome would be. The outcome was to benefit the entire world. And Jesus himself said to Pilate, you would have no authority over me at all unless it was given to you from above. And that's how we need to view this and every other trial, test, temptation, challenge that we face. God knows all about it and is allowing it to bring something good and beneficial out of it, not to torture or abuse us. Don't you think he knows what it will take to turn our hearts more completely to him and to bring us to a place where we surrender what we've been holding on to that's been holding us back? for a really long time. We all face various kinds and degrees, degrees of trials, difficulties, and temptations. Faith grows if we let God lead us through those times and our belief in him becomes deeper, fuller, more sustaining, more sustaining as we look to him time after time. Trials and challenges force the truth of our faith out into the open. We can't hide, at least not from ourselves, how deep a well we draw from or if we have not gone to the living water enough to continue to deepen our own reserve from which we draw. So in the midst of everything, we also need to be patient and steadfast and allow God to work in us. In our passage from James, it says that when faith is tested, <coughs> excuse me, it produces steadfastness, perseverance, patience, and endurance. That in order for that work to be completed, we can't hurry the process. We can, however, try to avoid it, but that will stunt our character development because we're ignoring what God wants to do in us. We can distract ourselves from things with food or TV, shopping or other things, but then we will not have the harvest that God wants for us. Patience is a virtue gained only by having it tried. We cannot become a patient person unless we learn to patiently wait through times of trial. We don't learn how to endure pain or suffering unless we have events in our lives that are painful or confusing. The Passion Translation says that endurance is meant to release perfection into you until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. If we avoid or ignore, we are denying ourselves a rich and bountiful harvest of God's provision of faith, 
and joy and resulting maturity. I love how the Living Bible translates this passage too. It says, when faith is fully bloomed, you will be ready for anything strong in character and complete. A season like this is a golden opportunity to root down more deeply into God and let him fertilize and water your faith so that you receive more and more of him than you ever have before. To find out just how well he can and wants to sustain you and grow you up in him, let's look at Romans 11.33a, and it states, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. Psalm 34.8 also says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. No matter how long we've been following the Lord, there's always more and more and more we can learn and glean and gain and develop. God wants us to experience those riches. He wants us to have his wisdom and knowledge. He wants us to take refuge in him and receive his goodness. In the Amplified translation, this passage is stated as the perfect result of the thorough work is that you be perfectly and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Wow, just think about that for a minute. Every translation and paraphrase I looked at while studying for this sermon stated that we would be full, complete, mature, not lacking anything. What could be better than that? Think about handling these circumstances from a place full of completeness, full of God and fully provided for. Complete, complete, not one part missing. Mature, not immature, not lacking anything full of peace, full of joy, full of hope in God, not the circumstances that we're facing, patiently enduring and making the very best of it. So we need to dispel the myth that God never gives us more than we can handle and he never gives us hardship. What we need to understand is he may give us those things in order to fulfill his goal of creating Christ's character in us. We need to receive what he is sending us as from his hand and for our good. We need to deal with any deficit in our, in our belief or our faith. And we need to be patient and steadfast and allow God to work in us. So my prayer, folks, for you is that you abound in joy, receiving the, good, the gift that God is sending you right now, even in the midst of these circumstances. I pray that you feel the transforming power of God that will enable you to become even more the person he's created you to be because you are living in such a time as this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the opportunity to grow up in you, to be full of joy, to be mature, complete, and not lacking anything. And for that, we give you thanks and praise. And we pray all of these things in the mighty name of the one who made our salvation, our transformation, and our healing possible, our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. Have a great day, folks.